It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, February 17th. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. Ghost guns, created from 3D printed polymer parts, lacking serial numbers and assembled at homes are virtually impossible to track. Tonight, the California Report looks at new legislation which aims to tackle their proliferation throughout the state. Then, Cal News brings us the latest on wildlife crossings' relation to climate change. We've got your local news and weekend weather forecast before KVMR's Felton Pruitt sits down with the birthday boy himself, local guitar and mandolin player Kyle Ledson. Both of Ledson's bands will play at the Kyle Palooza Birthday Bash tonight and Saturday in downtown Nevada City. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. A state lawmaker unveiled legislation aimed at further restricting so-called ghost guns, firearms that are assembled out of components and don't have serial numbers that can be used by law enforcement to trace them. The bill seeks to ensure that only state-licensed manufacturers are authorized to use or sell the 3D printers and milling machines used to make the firearm components. Assemblymember Mike Gibson, who represents parts of Los Angeles County, says the legislation would make it illegal to provide the digital instructions or codes for these printers. And this will close the loophole and make it illegal for anyone that is not a licensed manufacturer in the state of California for giving out this code to produce these ghost guns. Again, enough is enough. Those people who do pass on the printer codes could be liable for injuries and damages. Ghost guns have become increasingly common in street violence, with many California cities passing bans on them. A new state-backed report gives the first-ever bird's-eye view of California's spending on homelessness programs. The state has shelled out more than $10 billion in the last few years to get people housed. But Ben Christopher of the online news site CalMatters says that despite that spending, the state has a long way to go to get people housed. So we learned that between 2018 and 2021, California funded homelessness services that reached more than half a million people But of that total, a majority did not end up in permanent housing at the end of the period. And 17% wound up exiting whatever program they were in and returning to homelessness. Beyond that, a quarter just fell off the radar entirely. The state doesn't know what happened to them. Now, this report was just a survey. It didn't provide recommendations of how the state can better spend the money. But lawmakers are digging into these numbers now to find out what works and what doesn't. That's Ben Christopher of CalMatters. Despite protests from many community members, construction has resumed to replace fences with two 30-foot walls at Friendship Park, which sits on the U.S.-Mexico border in San Diego County. The historic park on the westernmost end of the border has long been a place where families from both sides of the border can meet up. It is the only place on the U.S.-Mexico border where Customs and Border Protection officials formally allow for people to reunite with loved ones through the border wall. So uh, these days, Friendship Park is known because people from all over the state of California, and in fact, from all over the nation, travel to this location uh, to uh, enter between security walls uh, that exist on the U.S. side of the border and to press up against the wall on the international boundary where they can touch fingertips and engage in conversation uh, with friends and loved ones from Mexico. That's John Fanistil with the group Friends of Friendship Park. It's been pushing for construction of the border wall to be halted. He says this will be a black mark at such a historical site. The visual impression 
suppression of these 30-foot walls is a complete decimation of the visual environment and of the user experience or the visitor experience on both sides of the border. On the Mexican side, Friendship Park is a vital public plaza, open to the public. Thousands of people visit every year. It's a landmark location. The replacement of several miles of border fence between California and Mexico began under the Trump administration. It was halted by President Biden. But this week, Customs and Border Protection continued work on the 30-foot-high walls. In a statement, Customs and Border Protection said access to the park remains a high priority for the agency, as well as protecting any native and protected plants in the area. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And that is the California Report for Friday, February 17th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, Jim Bennett, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Amanda Stupai and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a good weekend. How can wildlife crossings aid in the fight against climate change? With new funds from the 2021 Infrastructure Bill available, an open letter claims it's prime time to rebuild, making wildlife crossings that prioritize climate resilience a chief component of the plans. California News Service's Suzanne Potter explains. Wildlife crossings save lives, both human and animal, by allowing migrating species to avoid oncoming traffic and move over or under roads and freeways instead. Now a coalition of scientists, nonprofits, and government agencies are highlighting their potential to help us adapt to climate change. The partnership has just published an open letter calling on policymakers to prioritize climate resilience as roads and bridges are built or repaired using the funds from the 2021 Infrastructure Bill. Renee Callahan with ARC Solutions co-wrote the letter. Why don't we take advantage of this once-in-a-generation window of opportunity to not only rebuild one of the world's greatest transportation networks, and why don't we build it even better so that it works for people, wildlife, and also in the face of our changing climate? Callahan says transportation projects should be engineered to add extra decks over bridges and to widen culverts under roads to benefit wildlife. The open letter calls for greater cooperation between tribes and local agencies. Matt Scraw with the Pew Charitable Trusts says wider culverts would improve biodiversity by allowing animals large and small to migrate from elk to toads. And the culverts would improve resiliency during extreme weather events. We can design those structures to not only facilitate the passage of water as flooding continues to occur in the future, but we can also think about how these culverts and bridges can accommodate terrestrial wildlife movement as well. 
Supporters broke ground last year on a state-of-the-art wildlife crossing over the 101 freeway in Agoura Hills, primarily to facilitate the movement of cougars. Data shows that properly sited and built wildlife crossings can reduce mortality by 97 percent. Support for this reporting was provided by the Pew Charitable Trusts. For California News Service, I'm Suzanne Potter. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Let's take a look at today's local news. The Union of Grass Valley reports plans to begin construction on a new senior center with a commercial kitchen for the Meals on Wheels program and a public coffee shop. Breaking ground at 231 Colfax Avenue in Grass Valley, known by many as the former site of Summertime's Bakery and Deli, is slated for sometime this spring. The goal behind the project, which is spearheaded by Gold Country Senior Services, or GCSS, is to create a space for senior citizens to engage with other groups of all ages. Since the beginning of the pandemic, the building has housed one of Nevada County's COVID-19 testing centers. However, by the end of the month, the COVID testing site will close and Gold Country Senior Services will begin renovations, according to the organization's executive director, Leslie Lovejoy. Lovejoy says the pandemic hit support services like GCSS hard. Quote, We thought with the pandemic ending, the need for Meals on Wheels would decrease, but it hasn't. It's increasing. We are doing somewhere between 1,600 meals to 2,000 meals a month, Lovejoy says. The group focuses on delivering frozen meals to seniors, many of whom are homebound, around western Nevada County. The Senior Center will provide a kitchen to prepare hot meals, a socializing environment the public can enjoy, and a direct connection to support services that the aging community may benefit from. In addition to the Meals on Wheels kitchen and coffee shop, GCSS anticipates partnering with local schools for internships and senior projects, where students come to teach seniors how to use technology. Quote, the folks that still can't figure out how to use an iPhone or an Android or an iPad, I want this to be a center that's vibrant, that's activity-focused, focused on interaction, says Lovejoy. A grant from Nevada County and the American Rescue Plan will allow the demolition to begin once all the funding is secured. However, according to the group's board president, Jonathan Walker, they're still waiting on permits. Now, turning our attention to your forecast from the National Weather Service, for those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight clear with a low around 33 degrees. Saturday, sunny with a high near 55. Saturday night is mostly clear with a low around 35 degrees. Sunday, sunny with a high near 61. Sunday night will be mostly clear with a low around 39 degrees. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly clear with a low around 12 degrees. Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 44. Saturday night sees cold temperatures dipping down to 16 degrees with clouds rolling in. Sunday, sunny with a high near 45 degrees. Sunday night will be mostly clear with a low around 20. The National Weather Service has issued a special weather statement for the area. Cold and stormy winter weather returns next week. While the upcoming holiday weekend will feature dry and mild conditions, a much colder weather pattern with periods of strong winds and snow returns next week starting Tuesday. The coldest lows will most likely be Wednesday night, mainly in the teens for lower elevations and single digits to sub-zero temperatures for colder Sierra Valleys. Brisk winds will make it feel even colder, with wind chills down to negative 30 degrees for higher Sierra elevations. 
Take care, this could produce dangerous health risks for backcountry activities. Consider alternate travel plans, especially in the Sierra next week due to potentially long delays as these storms move through. The strongest winds are most likely on Tuesday. Sierra ridges could receive gusts in excess of 100 miles per hour. Periods of snow showers will arrive by Tuesday afternoon across the Sierra, northeast California, and northwest Nevada. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, areas of frost after 3 a.m., otherwise clear with a low around 33 degrees. Saturday, widespread frost, mainly before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 61 degrees. Saturday night is mostly clear with a low around 35. Sunday, areas of frost before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 66 degrees. Sunday night is mostly clear with a low around 38. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Up ahead, KVMR's Felton Pruitt sits down with local guitar and mandolin player Kyle Ledson. Ledson turns 21 this weekend, and to celebrate the crazy horse in downtown Nevada City, will host a birthday bash that sees both of Ledson's bands taking the stage. In fact, tonight's performance by his psychedelic rock band Cosmic Frog will be broadcast live on KVMR starting around 10 p.m. Felton's got all the details on Kyle Palooza coming up. We're talking with Kyle Ledson, one of the local favorite musicians here in Nevada County. And uh, he's got a big party going on at the Crazy Horse Saloon. This is all coming up on Friday, February 17th and Saturday, February 18th. They're calling it Kyle Palooza at the Crazy Horse. It's your birthday weekend, isn't it, Kyle? It is my birthday weekend, yeah, on the 18th. And you got two different shows. One with, uh, I guess, Cosmic Frog is playing on Friday and then the Broken Compass Bluegrass on Saturday. So it's kind of like electric one night and bluegrass the second night. Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, basically. Um, we're also going to just have the members of each band kind of collaborate with each other. We'll basically have all of us on stage both nights. It'll be just a fun, fun party. All right, well, let's talk about the first night. Friday, February 17th, it's Cosmic Frog. Now, I haven't seen Cosmic Frog, so you're going to have to educate me on them. Yeah, um, Cosmic Frog is is a a jam band that me and a couple of my roommates um, put together a couple of years ago when I first started living in Chico, and we do a lot of Grateful Dead esque jam music and stuff and some original music. And uh, at this point, it has a lot of the same members as Broken Compass too. There's a lot of crossover, and so I'm very excited how the band's doing, and it's going to be a lot of fun getting to play in Grass Valley with them. What and, is a Cosmic Frog? Uh, a cosmic frog i don't know our drummer came up with the with the band name i'd like to think of it as like we we like having like an animal or something represent us we all really like frogs we we had a lot of frog decorations in our house and stuff and you know just kind of keeping it like a cosmic thing adds a little bit of a psychedelic nature to it a little bit of a a jam band nature to it i feel like i I like the way the the name rolls off the tongue you know (laughs) What's the instrumentation like in Cosmic Frog? So you're playing mandolin, I'm assuming. Uh, no, I'm actually playing electric guitar. Oh, okay, okay. And then we have Django Ruckrich from my other band, Broken Compass. He's playing electric guitar as well. And then we have uh, drums and bass. Okay, very good. And then we move on to uh, your actual birthday, which is Saturday, February 18th. At the Crazy mm-hmm. Horse, it's going to be the Broken Compass Bluegrass. 
And uh, I, now I, I'm assuming you're playing mandolin in that band still. I shall be. Yeah, I'll be playing mandolin and guitar. All right. And we got Django on guitar and uh, Malin on the fiddle, right? Yes. And who else is sitting in with you on that? That night we'll also have Aiden Steckley, who's, who's the drummer for Cosmic Frog. We're going to have him play some drums for us, too, that second night. So we're going to bring the, the Broken Compass into a little bit of the drumming territory, which is going to be fun. Now, uh, most folks around here, I guess we first started seeing you playing out there with a Broken Compass or just hanging out with Django and May Linton playing on the streets in Nevada City and, and, and the little clubs and stuff. Uh, when did you actually start picking mandolin and other guitars and things? I started pretty young. Uh, when I was really little, my parents would take me to the Strawberry Music Festival. And that was kind of where, and I was really little, maybe uh, three or four years old. And so I started doing like the free fiddle lessons there. So that was kind of where I got my start. And then um, I, I started picking up the mandolin when I was around six or seven. And uh, a little bit later in life, I picked up the guitar as well. So I've been doing it for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yes, you have. And, and you certainly have honed your skill over the, your short years so far, I would say. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> the first album I remember uh, was called Left It All Behind. What was that, 2021 that came out, I think? I think so, yeah, right at the head of 2021. And so you didn't just like produce that in your basement or anything. You went for a legendary producer in Oz Fritz for that album. Yes, yeah. He engineered about half the record, and then I also had um, uh, Nat Keefe from Hopper Drum basically take the helm in terms of the musical production, and we kind of we, we, we recorded in all types of places. So that, was, that was really fun. Now, what's it like for back then? Let's see, you were a 19-year-old kid, and you're singing Jack Straw. We can share the women, we can share the wine. You don't know anything oh, yeah. about that by then. How do you sing songs like that when you're 19 years old? I don't know. I feel like I feel like you even want to sing songs like that even more, just because you can't, you know, you can't do that type of stuff. But um, I, I don't know. I specifically with the Grateful Dead, you know, any any of their tunes. I've just been I've grown up with them, and so. I've, I have a lot of um, a lot of nostalgia and a lot of and I just love playing their music. But, um, you know, I think I like the idea as a musician to be able to kind of like take on a different role or, or or act like I'm someone else in a way when you're when you're singing a song about someone else. You know what I mean? Sure. Kind of a fun way to separate from the real life to some extent. We're talking with Kyle Ledson. He's going to be headlining the Kyle Palooza at the Crazy Horse Saloon in Nevada City on Friday, February 17th, and Saturday, February 18th, two shows. Kyle, let's talk about, you're recording a new album right now. Yes, we are. And you've got Oz Fritz brought in to help you with this one again. Yeah, he's going to master the album. Very we cool. just finished um, mixing everything, so it's, it's in the final, final stages. Do you have a title for the album yet? Yes, it's going to be called Fool's Gold. What kind of songs? Are you doing a dead cover on that one? Uh, no dead cover. We got a, a Tim O'Brien and Daryl Scott cover coming in on, at the end of that one. Which, um, what's the song? Uh, Walk Beside Me. And we're very excited for that. It's available for pre-order now if you hop over on our website, com. And yeah, no, we're, we're just super excited how the whole thing came together. And it's going to be a really fun record. Now, a lot of folks have seen you out playing with other bands, uh, most recently, of course, at the Hangtown Halloween Ball, and then um, also when uh, Yonder Mountain played at the Miner's Foundry a couple weeks ago. You've been sitting in with Yonder Mountain. I have been, yes. I, I love those guys. They're such amazing people, and just like such a joy getting to play with them. 
Well, I think they know how to pass it along. There's this thing in, in music and especially in bluegrass music where you, the, the older people teach the younger people and help them bring it along. And of course, when Yonder was young, they had people like Sam Bush and Leftover Salmon helping them out and bringing them along. And now they've got Yonder bringing you along. It, honestly, I, that, you know, that's such an honor because, um, like, you know, when I was really, really little, they were they were one of my favorite bands already. And like they're, they're, they've always been such a huge part of like my childhood and, and like my upbringing in, in this in this world of music. So it's just like it's definitely a huge honor getting to share the stage with them in any capacity. So who are your mandolin heroes that you kind of got you into playing mandolin and maybe, you know, steal some style from? Yeah, I mean, I try to steal as much style as I can from some of these guys, but they just have so much style, you know. Um, uh, Chris Steely is definitely my my like um, my favorite growing up my whole life. He's been my my hero for sure, and he's just like on a whole nother level that that feels pretty unattainable usually. But um, I'm also a huge fan of Sam Bush and Ronnie McCurry and Tim O'Brien and. A lot of people like that, too. Um, I, I take a lot from Sam Bush, for sure, in terms of what he serves and, and the type of music he plays and just his style is I'm a huge fan of, for sure. Have you ever gotten to meet Sam at Strawberry or someplace? No, hopefully soon. That would be really cool. Sam has always been a champion of mandolin players. He introduced me to Chris Thiele when Chris was like 15. Oh, wow, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, and Nickel Creek's going out on tour again this year. So that's I heard gonna... that. They have a new single out that I was listening to and can't stop listening to it. That's so exciting. I love I love that after however many years. That's <laughs> very exciting. Well, we're talking with Kyle Ledson. He's going to be at the Crazy Horse Saloon in Nevada City Friday, February 17th with Cosmic Frog and on Saturday, February 18th with the Broken Compass Bluegrass. Uh, give folks a website where they can find out more about your stuff, Kyle. Yes, if you want to know more about um, Broken Compass, we're at brokencompassbluegrass.com and cosmicfrogband.com, as well as my own page, kyleletson.com. We all have uh, Bands in Town accounts that, uh, and also Facebooks and Instagrams and all kinds of stuff letting you know where we're going and what we're releasing. Well, I'll just say happy birthday, Kyle, and uh, we wish you the best at the, your big Kyle Palooza weekend. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for talking with me. All right, that's Kyle Letson. Thank you so much. That's our newscast for this Friday, February 17th. Visit us online at kvmr.org and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and Sierra Timberline since 1978, offering eco-friendly wood, gas, and pellet stoves, fireplaces, interior furnishings, along with hot tubs and outdoor patio furniture. Open Monday through Saturday on Idaho Maryland Road, Grass Valley. SierraTimberline.com And Nevada County Citizens for Choice, promoting reproductive justice and equitable reproductive health care access, advocacy, education with compassionate services for women, men, and teens. Learn more at citizensforchoice.org and the law offices of Christopher Dort, handling insurance disputes and insurance litigation in state and federal courts for more than 20 years. With offices located in Nevada County, information is available at dortlaw.com. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendonca. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend.